Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studio, this is Bullhagen. This is Berg. I'm Vicker. And Peter's here. Hey, Pete. And it is... <laughs> well, okay, so it's the day after Christmas, right? Yes. Oh, I can't I can't hear your music. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's still Christmas tide, though. That's right. It's still Christmas time. We screwed up. No, we, <laughs> we didn't. forgot. We forgot about Christmas. We, we recorded all last episode, and then the last minute of the last episode, we went, oh, this is supposed to be the Christmas episode. Because today's the 26th. We missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got it. In true clerical errors fashion. It is true clerical errors fashion. Um, so, uh, Berg. Uh, Berg has eaten. He's had a long couple of days. Long. It's been few a. Days. It's been a. Yeah. It's been interesting, but <clears throat> with all the help that I've gotten uh, with some of the things, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, all the pastors who uh, came to help. Um, you know, we and uh, meet with the kids and everything. So that's been good. Um, I'm just getting back from a hospital visit now, so. I apologize to all of our listeners if you can hear it, any sort of crunching in the background because uh, I haven't eaten since... Uh, for, for about almost 12, 12 for, hours. For just about 12 hours, so we're just, you know, living the dream. Yeah. Just just say it. If you say I've been intermittently fasting, then then like oh, all yeah, the, you know, people will be impressed. I am super hipster like that. Right. <laughs> But, you know, uh, I don't know if it counts to intermittent fasting if you slam a Western bacon burger <laughs> and fries by the fistful. <laughs> Sounds less impressive. <laughs> I, I like to say that I'm intermittently feasting. Okay. That's a better way to put it. All right. That, that describes half my congregation. <laughs> and we can feast because it is... Christmas! Christmas! Woohoo! It's it, the Christmas party. That's right. Isn't it amazing, though? Like, the day after Christmas, you know, everybody's happy, blah, blah, blah. Then, what's the reading? Luke 2. No, no, after that. For today, the 26th. Yeah, it's uh, Mary's purification and and presenting Jesus. Traditionally, it's St. Stephen's Day today. What happened to St. Stephen? He was rocked to sleep. He was rocked (laughs) to sleep. (laughs) Merry Christmas, guys. Yep. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, all right. So we're having an office party. So that means we're going to drink stuff, right? That's right. What, what do you, you brought some something special here? I did. Uh, this is from Boulevard Brewing Company. It's called a Kvike IPA, and uh, it uses like a Norwegian yeast. Oh. So, you know, school. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, did, before before you take that, do you want to try some of this? Have you ever had this one before? This was a gift from Vicar. Have you ever had that before? No. That looks great. We should do that. <laughs> what is that? It is uh, a uh, black barrel uh, tequila aged in oak. Ooh. It's going to be rad. So so that was very nice of you, Vicar. Yeah. I don't know how you do it on a Vicar's salary. You know, just borrow and credit. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for gifting me this. You're, uh, you're, this this was investing in the future. Yeah, that's right. 
And then you shared with me this Lake Time Brewery Red Zeppelin beer, an American red ale. I know. I feel kind of bad because I said I was going to stop by the by Dollar Fresh and grab a white elephant gift, and um, you know. Well, I brought I brought three of them. We're good. No, that's that's very kind of you. So bigger. There you go. So uh, because you're not much of a tequila. So what do we do with this? Do we shoot this or do we sip this or? I, I kind of like to go quickly. Okay. <laughs> but it's you'll like it because. Because it's got, you know what tequila tastes like, right? But it's got a little oakiness to it as well. Ah, that'll be good. Hopefully it'll clear out what ails me. So It's, it's good to sip, too. It is. So, hey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, I like that. You know, this is something I would probably have if I was on a beach somewhere. It's like, yeah, it's like a, for, for people who like scotch, but want to sit on the beach. Right. You know, I want to have my little Christmas tree, my little palm tree decorated, you know, mm-hmm. lights on it. But you, you get that little bit, of the, there's a pepperiness from the... And the gua, what, a guava, right? Agave, yeah. Agave or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and a little oakiness to it, a little woody. Yeah. Vicar, you done good. A plus. You guys have that. I've got my, uh, my crown apple and Sprite. Ooh. Oh. Nice. And what about, the dream. what about the new cup you've got there, Polhagen? Yes, this is also a gift from Vicar. It says, Merry Liftmas with a, a barbell. Nice. So are we going to see a cup like that at one of these uh, uh, live events that we're talking about doing? Yeah, we have a live event in the works here in Hampton and one also in Minnesota. And perhaps Vicar or Peter seems unsure about doing something in Kansas. I mean, I'm I'm down if you guys want to come here, but you got to make it here first. Okay. Yeah, that would be about the farthest, wouldn't it? Right. Because what is that? Four hours. Yeah, about yeah, four, four hours. hours. Nice. So. So yeah, we're 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 working on it. Hopefully, we can have um, by our, our next recording, we'll have a date planned out, and we will keep you guys informed of that. Keep a keep an eye on our social media pages and. Uh, We'll let you know when that's. Do happening. we still do that? Is that still a thing? Yeah, it <laughs> kind of does. A... Hey, we got we got a, actually got a message from someone. <clears throat> we did on Facebook oh, today. Oh man, yeah. Uh, he he says, uh, uh the shirtless uh, remote podcast comment made me think of a classic picture of St. Louis Carlos history showing Harry Carey and Jack Buck broadcasting in the bleachers of Sportsman Park without their shirts. <laughs> I thought when you read Harry Carey, like it was actually uh, like what the Japanese do mm-hmm. when they. <laughs> and someone sent a picture of uh, their loved one donning a riff on that T-shirt, which still I think freaks you out a little bit. It like <laughs> like it is weird, right? <laughs> like that that is the most popular shirt. Like there's so many better things on the deal, but <laughs> right? A- am I wrong here? Or is this the best? I, 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 I kind of think it's the best. Mm-hmm. I just it's pretty good. <laughs> I, man, I... Now, I want to dedicate this to um, the listener. You know who you are who's listening uh, as they get ready for church this morning. Indeed. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your coffee this morning as you join us for this show. Merry Christmas. Yep, we'll be drinking alcohol 
So, which is the opposite of caffeine. So, uh, cheers. And what do you have, Vicar? Did you ever say what you have? Yeah, this is the beer Berg gave me from Lake Lake Time Brewery, Red Zeppelin. Oh, that has a nice color to it. Here, Vicar, I want you to try this. See what you think. It's supposed to have like a tropical sort of thing to it. That's pretty good. Yeah, does it <clears throat> does it make you feel like you're in a tropical oasis or Oh yeah. I don't know, it's ironic I think that Norwegian yeast gives tropical notes. Hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I like IPAs like, to begin with. It's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> it's a free ride when you've already paid. That's very ironic. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh we should give them something, right? They can't just listen to us, you know, <laughs> shoot the breeze, right? I mean, they can, but Well, it is an office party. Like it's going to be a little it's more relaxed. Party. It's you an know, office party. And we've got some cookies there from Vicar's wife. Yeah, now did she make all these or uh not all of them, but <clears throat> she has been busy making cookies for I think the last week and a half so did she make any for that uh, cookie spectacular thing yes I heard that went really well yep so we sell cookies by the pound I believe yeah right I know we and uh, I think that I think um, my wife may have been one of the people that got that off the ground back in the day she definitely is because she made the majority of them at the time and that's been a long time yeah how many years now well, Peter was there, and he's 25. How long? I mean, like, how long has it been since your youngest has been? Well, Jonah's a freshman in college. God, that makes me feel old. I know. <laughs> like. <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I think of all the kids. I think of my first class at Latimer, you know, for the parochial school. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Was that the class you know? that got you a goldfish? Yes. Yes, they did. So, Would you like to tell a story? Yeah, I told them that I hated pets in class one day. And so for their eighth grade graduation, they all they got me a goldfish. And I kept I kept that thing alive <laughs> for a long, long time. For years? Years. Years. So Well well that was that was good practice for having a kid. You kept something alive. Yeah, but you see the kid has an immortal soul. So <laughs> oh, oh, <okay. laughs> so it's a little bit different. And I keep hoping too, like he's gonna, um, he's gonna get more and more, you know, self-sufficient <laughs> at some point. Wasn't there some lake in Minnesota they just scooped out like thousands of goldfish because people let them go and they they spread? Well, they're basically fancy carp. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't put your goldfish back in the water in the lake. All right, so <laughs> so it's Christmas. Uh, I, I I saw a few of you guys walk in with a few extra items. Mm-hmm. It uh, is Christmas. We, it is it's Christmas, and uh, there I see some gifts there on the table. So what's all this about? Oh yeah, so uh, I brought some presents, and uh, um, well, yours are more formal. I'm sorry, that is horrible. How do you that, turn it off? Yeah, that is super annoying. Let's see here. All right. <laughs> so, so Vicar, why don't you go first? You bought some presents. Okay. Well, 
these don't have people in mind, so you could open them and then maybe open one for Pete. And then if you guys need to trade, you could do that too. You know, okay. they're right. not really personal. Well, do you want to make this like a trade thing? Like you open it up and then you can... Or is it going to be can... worthless enough that we may not want to trade? You know, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Pick one. You decide, man. All right. Um, that, uh, oh, there you go. Okay. How about the, these first two? You guys can open, open them. Open them up together. S- say what they are and then see if you well, want. Like mine is in a nice uh, Santa bag here. Yeah. Mine is in a red and black striped deal. Oh, I got a, a DVD of uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I heard heard you all talk about your favorite uh, Christmas album or Christmas movie. This one was not brought up. Like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> that one is awesome. I think I like Ernest Scared Stupid the best. Yeah. But, you know, this one is a good one, too. <laughs> I tried to watch that with Glorianne one night. I don't think we got very far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling some of our, the movies in our pr- repertoire that you and I have seen together would fall in that same category. I, I think 98% of the movies that you and I have watched together... Would probably right. fall into that category. Yeah, like Kung Pao. Oh my gosh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, she hates that movie. The the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that uh, shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an interesting time to bring that too. So you know, and this last one is wrapped in newspaper because we ran out of paper wrapping oh, paper. Oh, so wow! You should open this and I'll then, open this for Peter. Maybe you guys right, should decide. Okay, so the gift that I opened is a Santa. That's filled with, uh, are these like Hershey's yeah. ball sort of things? Yeah, it says here, sweet and fancy. Wow. Chocolatey ornament jar. I, and I don't think it's Hershey's. It's not spendy enough. <laughs> 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 and uh, Peter, what I've got for you is, um, and we can decide which ones we want Hannah to get. Right? Or maybe send them all to her. <laughs> You've got a thousand piece picture of the nativity scene. Oh, that's kind of cool. There yeah. you go. I remember once someone. Are you guys big puzzle people? Nope, I'm not. Nope. No, I can't say that I, I am. I think Hannah likes to puzzle she things loves, together. She loves puzzles, right? She does now. I remember someone said, <laughs> someone told me once, they said, uh, I, I just completed the hardest puzzle ever made. It's just black. And I said, how much did you pay for that? I paid like 15 bucks for it. I said, why don't you just take your puzzle and turn it upside down? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so I have uh, some presents here. Um, I have, uh, I did not wrap them because I'm lazy. Awesome. You mean? All right. So the first thing I have is for Berg. For real? There you go. Oh boy! It's it's wrapped in a T-shirt. No, it is a T-shirt. Oh, okay, it is a T-shirt. I... <laughs> okay, it says Blood Donor Day. Give local one pint at a time. So no, this is the this is the beauty of this, right? Okay, you can wear that, and people will think you donate blood. It's true. People will think you're super pious because you you gave enough blood to get a free T-shirt. Well, you know, I do like showing my righteousness before men. That's right. So <laughs> and and that's what I gave you. I that you know that took a few pints to get that for you. You you are a scholar and a gentleman. <laughs> so so now you you can uh, pretend like you you give blood. Indeed, I'm gonna wear that shirt like every day. <laughs> and then and then when somebody asks me to do so, ah, I just gave blood. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm super I'm super out of it. 
<laughs> I'm just lightheaded. I know it's not really. I, I really need anything. a cookie. I probably should eat something. <laughs> Vicar, I got some light bulbs for you. Why are you out of light bulbs in your in the vicarage? Or well, these are floodlights. I don't know. Would these work as spotlights? Oh, they might. I got those because um, this is a lesson for you. Okay, um, how much do you think that cost me? Two floodlight LED, no less, right? Hmm. How much do you think those floodlights cost me? Six dollars. Yeah, yeah. You have any guesses, Berg? How much two LED floodlights would cost? Uh, fourteen ninety-five. I got those for the price of a dollar twenty-five at the Dollar Tree. Wow. The Dog. gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Indeed. And so because you're a vicar on a limited budget, I got you light bulbs and to teach you a lesson that... Uh... You see, <laughs> let him be your example. Yes. Yes. So for a dollar something, right. you could save 313.27 a year in your energy bill. And also this shows the, the beauty of being a pastor, okay? The vicar just bought me a really nice, <laughs> really nice top shelf tequila. It's true. Right. Probably not from the Dollar Tree. And what did Vicar get today? Light bulbs. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Berg, spell yes. image and then say light bulb. No. <laughs> Just it's, it's really not that bad, I promise. I-M-A-G-E, light bulb. <laughs> Indeed, you are. All right. And then I have a, a natural light <laughs> ha. seltzer. So uh, we'll probably have to give that to Hannah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I actually didn't drink it because it's a malt, somehow. So how are we going to get these to her? Because I don't... Did we send anything last time? Did we actually mail anything last time? No. She actually know. saw them when she took a tour of the studio. Ha! Huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did we actually give them to her? Did she leave them? I think she forgot. I don't remember. <laughs> I think she are they forgot. still there? <laughs> did she forget them? Really? <laughs> Okay, we're gonna or bring maybe, all of this up to Minnesota, or, and like, or maybe I couldn't find it. There's a Christmas bag up there, still from last Christmas. Is there anything in that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how lazy no, we are. We have a Christmas bag well, in here from, from last, last year's year. office party. Well, you could put the new stuff in there and bring it with us to Minnesota. Hey, that's what I Truly like. Truly, the gift that keeps on giving. We should talk about. Something. Something. <laughs> Vicar, uh, so which checks do, do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about uh, St. Stephen, or do you want to talk about I am game for whatever you want to talk about. Make oh. Vicar decide. Vicar? Well, this is a special day. You get to choose. <clears throat> and you realize whatever you choose, we're going to make fun of it, right? Remember, choose wisely. Choose wisely. I think we should look at that account of Stephen in Acts. Awesome. What, what's the verse? Do you remember? Uh, it's uh, Acts 7 and 8, I think. Or is it 6 and 7? Something like that. Acts uh, 6, 8, verses 8 through 7 to A and 51 through 60. That's because they hate preaching. Like, Stephen gives an amazing sermon, and they're like, oh, let's just cut it out. Well, well let's hear sermon. Hey, it's our office party. Let's do what we want. Let's hear a sermon. Okay. Good call, Vicar. We're proud of you. So? <laughs> so read the whole thing. <laughs> How long is a sermon, Vicar? So you said start at seven. Well, when does a sermon start? Uh, seven. Seven, two. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll start there and I'll just read till, till we get to or something. Or do you guys just want to do the cliff notes? 
Let's make him hear it. It's our office All party. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not playing some goofy sound effects for that though. Okay. <laughs> and Stephen said, "Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you.'" Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Yet he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had no child. And God spoke to this effect, that his offspring would be sojourners in a land belonging to others, who would enslave them and afflict them four hundred years. But I will judge the nations that they serve, said God, and after they, shall, after they shall come out and worship me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our father, our fathers unto their, vis- their first visit. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kindred, seventy-five persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died. He and our fathers, and they were carried back to Shechem, and laid in the tomb that Abraham had, brought, had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. But as the time of the promise drew near... Wait, wait, come on. Preach it, Vicar. This is a sermon. <laughs> but as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt, until there arose over Egypt another king who did not know Joseph. He dealt shrewdly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. At this time Moses was born, And he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. When he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them wronged, He defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. And on the following day he appeared to them as they were quarreling and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brothers, why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who makes you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, 
where he became the father of two sons. I'm going to take it over. Okay. Give you a break. Yep. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals of your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you ruler and a judge? This man of God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at, and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And with our fathers, he received living oracles to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside in their hearts and turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made him a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the hosts of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Do you bring to, do you bring to me to slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god, Raphan, the images that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he spoke to Moses, directed him to make it, and according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they were dispossessed, when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out for our fathers. So it was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in the houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Do not, did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did. So do you. Which, which of the prophets did not, of, did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So uh, there's a sermon. Yeah. At this point, uh, they were enraged. And they throw rocks at him until he dies. Mm. Right. And, well, and Paul was there, and they put their yeah Saul ro- their robes at his feet. Yep. Yeah, Saul. So uh, I, I like uh, I like the the sermon in the sense of how well, obviously it's a good sermon. That's a stupid thing to say, but but uh, I like the the little history he gave. Well, you know, and <clears throat> this is a very timely sermon because. What they're accusing him of is like he preaches Jesus, who said he was going to destroy the temple, and he hates uh, the prophets, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and uh, what 
Stephen's sermon does here is it shows, hey, look, you remember that Moses guy that you love so much? He was rejected by his people, not only when he was 40, but then again in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Oh, you make a lot about the temple. Well, your temple is actually Molech, and the gods that you worship are uh, devils, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's using all of these Old Testament history to make a very powerful application that just like you rejected Moses, you rejected the prophet like Moses. Just like... uh, you worshipped false idols like the golden calf and Molech, so too do you now uh, replace the creature that is the physically built temple Mm -hmm. for the creator, the temple made without hands. And that is why they are stiff-necked. That is why they are uncircumcised of heart, right? Because they think they have these things, but they don't actually see uh, the allegory behind them. They don't actually see the purpose for the temple. They don't actually see the purpose of the law. They don't see the purpose of Moses, who pointed to the one who is greater than Moses, who is greater than the temple. And they're left without excuse. Exactly. And and one thing you can say is, is uh, one reason why they stoned him is, one, because obviously they were angry and upset with him, right? Yeah, the other thing that why they did it is because they can't shut him up. Right, like they can't actually answer his, you know, his arguments. That then that's what you find is when they they see it. Oh my, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. He's got a point. <laughs> Whoops! Right. <laughs> um, and the thing is, here is not only do we see Stephen's faith in how he very uh, correctly and timely applies the scriptures to this particular set of people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the scriptures are the foundation of his thinking, and he makes right applications of it to the people that are hearing him. But you also see his love, right? Because if he didn't love him, he would have walked away. That's right. If you know, and he's, also he's see not it, there to, to in a sense, condemn them. He's there to to call them to repentance. Well, it's just like condemning your children, right? You condemn them so that way they turn from their way and live, right? Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing is like. He loves them, otherwise he wouldn't have preached this sermon. He loves them when he intercedes for them to Jesus. Like, as they're stoning him, he says, don't lay this charge to them, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's a beautiful thing for today is Stephen's faith and also Stephen's love. His faith makes him very, very bold to preach and to teach and to call a thing what it is, Mm -hmm. but his love also has him praying for his enemies, my, my uh, sermon for uh, Sunday, the last time when we did the podcast, um, I didn't have my sermon ready yet, but uh, I wound up um, in my sermon making a confession that, that I am not the preacher that John the Baptist is because I don't have the courage to preach the way he did. It's hard, you know? You know, um, and because, you know, we're, as, as a pastor— because uh, I mentioned this, every pastor's heard this. Every every pastor I've talked to has said something like this. They say, "What I really needed to say was blank," but what I actually said was blank. Yeah, <laughs> blank minus something important. Right, and you know that's the thing is like, <clears throat> as a preacher, that's what we should be. We should be willing to lay our lives on the line. And not care if people get upset because 
while Stephen does love the people, he loves God more. Mm-hmm. Right? The first table of the law can never trump the second table of, you know, the, well, the second table of the law can never trump mm-hmm. the first table, right? Um, because from a, I don't know, church growth perspective, I mean, Stephen's sermon here is kind of a failure, right? Right. It doesn't actually convert anybody. It's, it actually, it's not like, seeker sensitive. Exactly, you know? And there isn't any we preaching here, right? Oh, we're uncircumcised apart. No, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what, like, people get so bent out of shape about it, you know? Oh, well, pra- pastor should only do we preaching because, you know, then he's one of us, blah, blah, blah. Well, not if he's the mouthpiece of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stephen preached you uncircumcised. When you don't stay in the, absol- the absolution, uh, you know, I forgive us our sins. Yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, he is a mouthpiece for God. And and that, that shows, too, what does a pastor need to hear sometimes from the mouth of His someone own pastor. else? Yeah. So so that's a... Uh, so I, th- I thought that was interesting how he he does that out of love, putting his own life on the line mm-hmm. to say those words. And I suppose there's a, there was a point to, in my sermon, kind of an unintended point, of... Or... Uh, kind of hidden in that that I think people would grasp on is the fact that the, the Christian also needs to be a good listener to it. Yep, absolutely. Um, because if we're afraid to tell the truth, that says something about how people, people hear listen. their truth. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think that kind of applies to this text, too. Yeah, I mean, I think we need more preaching like this, and unfortunately what that would mean is... More pastors out of the job. <laughs> More spots for the vicars, right. right? That's right. I, so. I mentioned in that sermon, I said, if I preached like like John the Baptist did, I would probably have a couple of representatives from Synod come and ask me who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. Because you always get the bureaucracy, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... And then you'd call your elders a brood of vipers. Right. <laughs> well, and, you know, isn't that the isn't that the way, though? It's like... Oh, let's just smooth it over, blah, blah, blah. Really? Is that what any prophet has done? Just smooth right. it over. And, and you know? What I, what I was being honest when I was saying that, in the fact that, well, you you know me, you know my personality well enough that that is kind of how I am. Well, but, you know, and who wants to do that? Right. Right? Right. Who wants to make people mad? Who really wants to gut punch him with the law? Right. I mean, you got to be some sort of, stati- you know, sadistic right. bugger to do something like that, right? Right. I mean, it's not like you it's not like we love doing these things. Mhm. But it's our job. Like that's what we do. I mean, we'd much rather preach the gospel all the time and, you know. But just like Elijah, right? I mean, Elijah is the great preacher of the Old Testament, right? Mhm. Wonderful. But he's got to spend his time like all of his time preaching the law. When he wants to preach the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so I think that's the thing is like, in a lot of ways, our preaching is a lot more like the Old Testament uh, in that we're dealing with a Christendom that that we need to smuggle Christianity into. <laughs> so this being a Christmas party, do you have uh, any uh, hidden gems, Christmas hymns you like to mention? Uh, do we want to do the the... TLH one? Sure. 
Yeah, so um, the TLH, uh, the the Lutheran hymnal, not just a Lutheran hymnal, but the Lutheran hymnal, uh, is amazing in that you know a lot of times, yeah, it's got its faults. Why, why don't we? Uh, why don't we take? Can we just take it verse by verse, like some of your favorite verses, and and uh, um, I can read it, and then you can riff on that. Yeah. But, so the Lutheran hymnal, uh, hymn seventy-seven. All my heart this night rejoices. Now, this is also an LSB, but LSB screwed it up. How's that? Uh, they left out like half of the stanzas, which are super comforting. Oh, and that must have been due to copyright issues. Ha! <laughs> yeah, right. I think they own copyright on TLH as well, so, mm. you know. Um, Everybody's the worst. What do you need, Bullhagen? Well, I just... Uh, do you need a TLH? Yeah. Well, there's a hymnary.org. All right. Just the Lutheran hymnal, 77. Oh, yeah. We just sang that. Yep, we just sang that at a chapel service. So uh, which verse do you want me to read? Five. All of them. Uh, yeah, all of them, but, you know, five. We five. Start with five? Okay. Um, and this is, All my heart uh, this night rejoices, and it is a tune by... Paul Gerhardt, or a text by Paul Gerhardt. Um, he was really the. Would how would you describe him? Like the he is, I would say probably the best Lutheran hymn writer. Right, we have better than Luther. Um, and his a lot of his hymns comes from Tentatio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, if our blessed, this is verse five. If our blessed Lord and Maker hated men. Would he then be a flesh partaker? If he in our woe delighted, would he bear all the care of our race benighted? It's not a great, I mean, just the questions there, right? Because people during this time of year, uh, it's not all happy, right? Right. Things are usually going to heck for a lot of people. And they wonder if God loves them, right? Mm -hmm. If our blessed Lord hated us, right? If he actually hated you, if he ignored you, if he doesn't care about your problems, then why would he become like you? Mm -hmm. Right? If he delighted in your sorrow and in your woe, then why would he come and bear all of the things that you bear? Right? Why would he take all of those things upon you? This is pointing us back to the incarnation, that the reason that our Lord Jesus became flesh, that he was born was to show that he does love us, that he doesn't delight in our woes, but that he actually cares for us. He loves us. He wants He wants us to be blessed, and that is happy, right? Eternally happy. Right. And that's why when we are measuring how much God loves us, we don't look at outward events. We look to things like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Why else would our God become one of us? Why else would he bear the entire load of our benighted race? There's no other reason. There's no other reason. Uh, well, no, he wanted uh, so that we could uh, do better at following his law. Boo. <laughs> All right. All right. So. Which verse do you want next? Um, let's see here. Let's do nine. Number nine. 
Ye whose anguish knew no measure, weep no more, see the door to celestial pleasure. Cling to him, for he will guide you, where no cross, pain, or loss can again betide you. I mean, like, why isn't, like, it is a crime. Like, I want to just give a fine to everyone on that hymnal committee for not including this, right? (laughs) Because think about it. Like, those whose anguish knows no measure, right? Who are they talking about? They're talking about people who are dying, people who are suffering, people Mm -hmm. who have lost loved ones, okay? Those kind of people. That's who this is talking about. Weep no more. Why? Well, you can see the door to heaven. Christ has opened it. That's why he became flesh. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he was ri- why he rose again. Can I can I can I share something I I shared with the the, the kids the other day? Yeah, and that is uh, you'll understand Christmas this year better than you ever have. Yeah, because uh, um, it's it, it's times like times of loss where you fully and truly start to understand what Christmas is. Um. For just times like this, it, all of a sudden everything is sheared away, and then you you hear the angels proclaiming peace, peace, goodwill, which is grace, right, right. God's good will. What is God's good will for you? That you enter heaven, that you go to a place where there is no cross, where there's no more pain or fear or loss that can harm you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is what every Christian looks forward to. By the way, I also pointed them to a uh, figure like this this comment where I kind of compared them to Jesus' disciples. Yeah. And how... how They didn't understand. They lost their teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Their friend, their mentor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their God. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, pastors don't choose hymns because they actually mean anything. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. Anyway, 10... 10. Hither come, ye heavy-hearted, who for sin deep within, long and sore have smarted. For the poisoned wounds you're feeling, help is near, one is here, mighty for their healing. I mean, the first, you know, verse 9, the one you talked about before, is about those who are going through loss, right? Mm -hmm. Have lost a loved one, uh, maybe during the holidays or in the last year or whatever. This one is about those who have sinned right? Mm-hmm. Can I go home? Now, this is for all of the prodigal sons. Can I go home? Right? Mm-hmm. Will God still love me? What about the things that I am struggling with that I cannot let go of? Right? These wounds mm-hmm. that are poisoned. Right? Where is there relief for that? And of course, it's in Jesus. And that's why the heavy-hearted are pointed to Christ, because in him is their healing. And, and and as I, one thing you can tell. And Christmas is always a good time to come home. Come home. Right? Mm-hmm. It is always the, a good time. And it's not just Christmas, but anytime. Anytime is a good time to come home. And, and Pastor, I hope it's not too late. Well, it is because you already preached your Christmas sermon. But I don't I don't always think it's a good idea to to make a snide remark about those who are there. Meaning... I've heard pastors make a snide remark about people who came on Christmas and refer to them as, you know, oh, Christmas people or something. Yeah, priesters or whatever you want to call yeah. them. Right. I mean, I mean, what do you what do you think? 
Yeah, I think that's stupid. Because, I mean, they're there, and you have, you know, you have an opportunity into. I mean, so preach the gospel. I mean, do we actually believe that the gospel works? Right. You know, I mean, they're there to see the kids. Maybe God will turn their hearts. It could be, you know, so. And what about those who aren't there because they did go home for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. heavenly-wise. Or, no, or li- literally. Literally. <laughs> they traveled. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'll keep we'll going. Do you want 11? <laughs> um, yeah, let's do it. Hither come ye poor and wretched, know his will is to fill every hand outstretched. Here are riches without measure, here forget all regret, fill your hearts with treasure. This is great for Christmas, you know, because part of Advent and Christmas is to be generous, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Christ is the most generous of all, right? It is his will to fill every hand outstretched and to fill them with what? With riches without measure. That is grace, mercy, forgiveness, eternal life. And that's why Christians do works of mercy, because they want to be like their Lord. And that even mm-hmm. though they can't do riches without measure, you know, and that's why actually, uh, since today is St. Stephen's Day, uh, one of my favorite, you know, carols is what? Um, it's English. Uh, Mary, did you know? <laughs> uh, you're the worst. <laughs> you are good King Wenceslas. Okay. Because good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen, right? Mm-hmm. He sees a poor man going home, and he says, Bring me flesh and bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I shall see him dine when we bear them thither. Right? Like, he is generous to the poor, right? Mm-hmm. Not only because he's a king, but because he believes that Christ has been generous to him. Right. And has not only given him his earthly goods, but even more important goods. Isn't that what John the Baptist preaches about, like in Luke 3? Mm-hmm. He preaches about uh, if you have two coats, give one to the one who has none, right? Mm-hmm. This is the time to be generous, and not just generous in giving crap. And I'm going to say that. Crap. <laughs> Listen to it again. Crap to your kids who already have enough junk. That's right. Junk. But now is the time to actually be generous. Open your hand to the poor. Listen listen to what the Bible says, right? Blessed is he who considers the poor. Or with your time. With too. your time, with your talent, whatever. I mean, just do something, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, do something, right? Christ has been so very generous to you. So. All right, number 12. Let me in my arms receive thee. On thy breast let me rest, Savior, ne'er to leave thee. Since thou hast thyself presented, now to me I shall be evermore contented. Right, this is just the language of faith, right? Mm -hmm. This is just the language of faith. Because when you talk about uh, heaven, (laughs) to to use your words, what do most people think of? Oh, it's going to have all my favorite crap there. Yeah, exactly. But what is it? Is you get to be with? You get to be with Christ forever and ever. And that is what brings contentment. And what brings contentment here, then? Still Christ. 
Right, right. And think, think about that because think of all the things. Uh, I did a sermon on peace. Think of all the things that people think that they need to have peace, whether it's a happy family, good health. Um, you're not everyone. Using, you're you're not using the one that I thought you'd use. Financial stability. Yeah, financial peace, right? Mm-hmm. Your favorite, you know, Dave Ramsey sermon. Right. I mean, program. <laughs> <laughs> not to say he doesn't have good stuff. Blah 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 blah. But you're you're. In other words. Your peace is not dependent upon anything except Christ. Indeed. But think of all the all the the, the ways we try and give all those things room. All right, number 13. A guilt no more can distress me. Son of God, thou my load, bearest to release me. Stain in me thou findest never. I am clean. All my sin is removed forever. I mean, I I don't know how to like. What do you even like? What do you even say to that? It's so beautiful. You should just go home and memorize it. Uh, like if this is not the Christians, I, I like comfort and confidence. Then I don't know what is. I, I like the word stain because that's how people sometimes feel. Yeah, you know, is uh, I'm, uh, for example. Like someone who's been abused, how do they feel? Dirty. Yeah. Um, and 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 how the stain in me—you can't find it anymore. I am clean. It's removed forever. I mean, that is the reality that we live in, because of Jesus. Uh, number uh, fourteen. I am pure, in thee believing, from thy store evermore. Righteous robes receiving. In my heart I will enfold thee. Treasure rare, let me there, loving ever hold thee. It's amazing how, you know, Gerhard knows the Bible so well that he mixes metaphors, right? The righteous robes mm-hmm. are from... Revelation. Revelation, seven. but it's also from the parable of the wedding banquet, mm-hmm. right? It's also in uh, the treasure rare, right, where Jesus says... You know, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? And that Christ is the treasure, and it just follows just beautifully from the last verse, right? And uh, number 15, um, something that's kind of strong in in Lutheran hymns is to to end with the death verse. (laughs) I love the death verse. (laughs) Well, honestly, people might think I'm morbid, but when you got people dying, right, like, Mm-hmm. Like, this is where the rubber hits the road. People should just memorize the death verses, honestly. <laughs> because you're going to be there unless Jesus comes back. Right. So, dearest Lord, thee will I treasure. Though my breath fail in death, yet I shall not perish. But with thee abide forever. There on high, in that joy, which can vanish never. Yeah, I mean... It's so beautiful, right? Even though my breath fails, I will never perish. And a reminder to the listener, this is Christmas. Right. right? This is a Christmas hymn. Christmas and it's, and it's hymns talking about need death. a death verse. Absolutely. Every hymn needs a death verse. <laughs> because you're going to die. And yet, what's the comfort? You're not going to die. 
right? Because mm-hmm. even if your breath fails, you will live forever. You will not perish, but you have eternal life. You will live with Christ on high where joy will be eternal. It can never be taken away from you. Now, what what would you say to someone who says, well, uh, I think we talk about that too much because we're, we're living in the here and now. Is it a, why do we always have to talk about death and heaven? What would, how would you answer that? Because that is the mind frame of lots of people. I would say you're very naive and that you actually think you're going to live forever because that's the problem, is that if you believe that death can come for you at any time, and that is what this pandemic has revealed, right? Mm-hmm. People are terrified. They are terrified that they are going to die. Well, you know why that is. They're not ready. Because they're not ready. Because they haven't been talked to enough about death. Because they haven't contemplated their own death enough. Because they don't believe in Christ. And that's the problem. That's why we have to talk about death. Because ultimately, that's the only thing that matters. It's like I told the kids. What good is reading going to do when you lay dying? What good are all your math problems going to do when you get hit by a truck? What does it matter what kind of a good job you had mm-hmm. if you get cancer, terminal cancer? None of that is going to make two figs a difference. You know what is going to make a fig a difference? Faith in Christ. That is the only thing that matters because we are all going to die. And if you are that naive to think that you're not going to die or that we talk about death too much, uh, then you really need to re-examine and take a look at what is actually going on because people are dying around us all the time. And You have congregation members in the nursing home who pray for death. You have people uh, who are afraid of death, who are dealing with cancer, who are dealing with COVID maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, You have people who are uh, grieving over miscarriages. All of that is going on all the time. And and meanwhile, with every another COVID thing, right, is we we, every how dependent we are on every breath. Right. Every breath is fighting death. So you may not want to hear about it, but that's what life is. You're you're fighting death. Exactly. It is all the time. That's that's why. That's why fasting, That's why you get sick. That's why anything happens. That's why fasting is often talked about as outward training. Right. You you realize after a day without food how dependent you are. Right? On food. You kind of understand how needy we are. That's why western burgers taste so good after you haven't <laughs> eaten for a while. <laughs> but, you know, that that is the issue, right? If you don't believe that, and I mean I don't I, like I can't explain it to you if if you don't just open your eyes because one out of every five women has had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and that's at the beginning of life. Mm-hmm. Like there is so much cancer, heart attacks, people dying. I I just I, like I open your eyes. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how else to say it. Well, and I've talked about this with a lot of people recently, but the the non-believing community. This is heaven now, right? And they're they're going to defend it in, in their for themselves. Yeah, they're going to fight tooth yep. and nail to keep it because that is the only hope that they have. Yeah, and this, so this is why there there has been a little shift in my funeral. 
I don't eulogize, you know, but I do point out to the family, to the children, and especially the grandchildren, that I want you to remember your grandfather or your grandmother as such an example of faith to you. Right. They faced death with with without fear, with confidence. And I mean, you know, everybody wonders about a legacy. People actually, they do think about death a lot. They think about the legacy they're going to leave. They think about, you know, the things that they're going to do, right, to make their mark on history. People think about death all the time. A bucket list. A bucket list, right? I mean, so that's the thing, you know, and then we get after the church because we preach about death too much, right? I think it's hilarious because it's so stupid. But that's the problem, right, is like everybody is actually contemplating death and their own finitude. Right. But they they try to, you know, divert it by bucket lists or legacies or whatever. And you know what the greatest legacy is? Teach your kids the faith, mm-hmm. right? Confess mm-hmm. the faith like Stephen did. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Stephen didn't have any kids as far as we know. Mm-hmm. In fact, his sermon didn't convert anybody in the immediate, immediate you know, right? vicinity. And yet, we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. We are still talking about him. We are still celebrating his faith and his life. I was thinking about uh, death today in this way. You're, you're going to think it's stupid. but it... Why would I think? I... Come on now. So, so uh, um, I played basketball with the kids the other day, yesterday, and my knee's a little sore, and I'm doing squats. Mm-hmm. And like I said, my knee was getting sore, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm 48 now. Is this, am I going to have to cut down on the squats now? Like, is this over for me? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> what, what's your action? <laughs> See, you're going to laugh at me. No, I mean, you know, every ache and pain, every ba- breakdown of the body is, you know, actually, I'm surprised that that didn't come up more with your esophagus stuff. <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, like. Like, I, I could put up, like, with the es- esophagus, but if I ever blow a bicep or tear a pec, I'm going to be a pool of mess. <laughs> we have very different priorities, I think. <laughs> Peter, you're nodding your head. <laughs> you wouldn't survive, man. <laughs> it's like, you're having trouble eating. Yeah, but can I still lift? <laughs> Do you even lift, bro? Vicar's <laughs> starting to understand a little bit. Because yeah. you, you've been on the lifting train for a few months now. Yeah. And over like the long weekends, when I realize we're not going to make it to the gym or they're closed on a holiday, I I find myself feeling like a sinner if I don't do push-ups <laughs> or something to just maintain. Jailhouse strong, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a great Christmas party. I think we should uh, continue singing. What do okay. you think, Bullhagen? Yeah. So we're going to sing uh, this night a wondrous revelation. This isn't in our hymnal, is it? I doubt it. It's, it's nothing good, good is. <laughs> It's TLH what? 88. 88. This night a wondrous revelation Makes known to me God's love and grace That child that merits adoration Brings light to our benighted race And though a thousand suns did shine, still brighter than the light divine. The sun of grace for thee is beaming. Rejoice, my soul, in Jesus' birth. 
The light from yonder manger streaming sends forth its rays o'er all the earth. It drives the night of sin away and turns our darkness into day. This light which all thy gloom can banish, the bliss of heaven glorifies. When sun and moon and stars shall vanish, its rays shall still illumine the skies. This light through all eternity, thy heaven and all to thee shall be. O Jesus, precious Son of gladness, fill thou my soul with light, I pray. Dispel the gloomy night of sadness, and teach thou me this Christmas day. How I, a child of light, may be a glow with light that comes from thee. Merry Christmas. Yes, for the 12 days that, well, 11 days that follow after this, because this is actually the 12 days of Christmas. That's correct. So... I am Bullhagen. I am Berg. And I'm Vicar. And may your Christmas hymns have a death verse. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy, my and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the Is Daddy singing? No, he's not. Why? I don't know. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Mark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Merry Christmas. Say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.